This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello, it's Paul Wheelock and welcome to the Morning Bulletin podcast where we round up all the big headlines from overnight concerning Liverpool FC. And in a good news for fans of the transfer window, most of these headlines today are all about transfers. And to help me talk through all of those, I'm happy to say I'm joined on the line by Theo Squires. Welcome back, mate, after a good few days off. How are you feeling? Cheers, um, a bit tired. It's always the eye, isn't it? When you get these 7am shifts on your first day back, you just feel knackered. But at least we've got some uh, transfer stories to sink our teeth into. We do indeed, yeah. We'll we'll start with the top story, a story that broke late last night and which the Liverpool Echo have stood up first thing this morning. Connor Dunn's done that. And it concerns the Norwich City left-back, Jamal Lewis, who is the subject of a £10 million bid from Liverpool, Theo. Yeah, Connor's basically um, got it uh, checked out that Liverpool are interested in signing the left-back from Norwich City. Um, what's interesting as well is uh, Norwich are interested in Lasser LaRucci. So maybe there is potential there for a swap deal similar to when uh, Liverpool signed Andy Robertson and Kevin Stewart went the other way. Um, you can understand why Liverpool would want a player like Lewis. He's homegrown. They're going to need homegrown players. They've already lost the Lana, Klein, Lonergan. So they are going to be short on homegrown numbers and they will need backup for Andy Robertson this season. Um, we've seen in the past when Liverpool have put, say, James Milner there, Joe Gomez has filled in a couple of times. They certainly lose something, and Jamal Lewis would be a more natural replacement. Um, but the issue is Liverpool aren't the only side interested in him, and it's basically down to him to choose where he wants to go now. And he's been a regular in Norwich City's side, and he'll probably still want to be a regular wherever he goes. And that's not going to happen at Liverpool when you've got the best left-back in the world and Andy Robertson ahead of you. It's uh, this dilemma that Jurgen Klopp's known his face for a while. He's built such a good start in eleven, But who are you going to be able to bring in that's happy to sit on the bench knowing that they're not going to start these games? Like Koch, he hasn't really tended to rotate. Maybe that's the next step in the direction for Liverpool if they go for more competitions and they follow Manchester City. But as it stands, it's oh, what a chance to join Liverpool, the Premier League champions, the world champions, currently still the European champions. But if you know you're going to be on the bench, and if you're not going to get many game time with like left back, uh, at left back, it's a hard dilemma for him. One thing that Liverpool could consider, or Lewis could consider, I should say, is there still are the extra substitutions next season by the looks yeah, of it. That's a really good so point. He will get more game times than he would in a normal season, and then he's just got to grab his opportunity. But Andy Robertson's still young himself, so he'd have to have a hell of a season to usurp him in the team. Yeah, very much watch this space. But yeah, do read that full story on the Liverpool Echo's website from Connor Dunn. It makes for very interesting reading. Uh, on the site yesterday, Liverpool were linked with another player who's uh, just been relegated from the Premier League. Uh, it originated from a report in the Harrow Times and it suggested that the uh, the new Premier League champions are interested in a winger from Watford, who Reds fans will remember well Theo from last season. Yeah, it's my uh, Liverpool have been... Apparently, he's shown interest in Ismail Assar. I think that's a player that has excited fans in the past. Uh, Sadio Mane's talked about him in the past, and he's a big fan of him. I think they're Senegal teammates. And it's one where Liverpool like it left back. They will need cover in that front three, especially if Jordan Shakiri gets a move. Um, unlike with Lewis, they've not made a bid yet. They have uh, contacted the players' representatives, according to this report, to lodge their interest. Um, but they're the only side to have done so. Wolves and Crystal Palace have. So Liverpool have got a slight advantage on this at the moment, as in they're not waiting for a player to leave the club if they did make a move, whereas both Wolves and Palace would only move for him if Traore left or Wilfred Zaha left. Uh, 
obviously there's clubs from overseas monitoring the 22-year-old situation as well. We had a promising first year in England in the Premier League. Um, and he probably will be quite happy to move on because you can't imagine he'll want to stay around in the Championship. Yeah. But as we've just said, with all the things with Lewis, uh, you're not getting past Sadio Mane, you're not getting past Mohamed Salah. So how are you getting that game time? He's 22-year-old, you're ambitious, you want to play football. And whilst it's a great opportunity to join Liverpool, you've got, it's a tough decision to make if you know you're not going to be starting games. And what's interesting for this one as well for me is he's a Senegal international like Sadio Mane. Um, granted, the Cup of Nations isn't happening this year, which was the big concern for Liverpool uh, before it got moved because they'd be short on the attacking numbers for that month when the players went away. But it's still happening in, what, a year's time. And Liverpool are going to be in the exact same boat if they sign Ismail Saar because if he's there attacking cover for the wingers, or well, he'd go away for the Cup of Nations as well. Yeah, it's good contacts that, mate. I've not actually thought about that because, yeah, it's something... Jurgen Klopp's spoken uh, in depth about in the past, hasn't it? Like the the fact that he was he was relieved in the end. I know it came about because of the situation we're all in uh, that he got moved back again. But yeah, it's a a, a really interesting point. That again, another one we'll have to uh, watch this space over. I think it's uh, fair to say, isn't it? You you'll know better than me doing the job that you do, mate. Even though Liverpool are the best team in world football at the moment, a lot of people are still very very excited and interested in in transfers. And uh, I think it's also fair to say that. As, as football supporters, we all have one eye on what the rivals are doing in the in the transfer market. And as far as Liverpool are concerned, yesterday saw Manchester City's first arrival of the summer. Uh, but Manchester United's hopes of signing Jadon Sancho, who has who's long been linked with Liverpool, might not be as straightforward as, as first appeared for you. Yeah, obviously Manchester United have been linked with Jadon Sancho for months now, the same as Liverpool. But the only difference is United seem rather keen to make a move happen, whereas Liverpool just don't have the finances to go and make it happen in current status. I think Dortmund just asking for £100 million. Now Liverpool are never spending that on a player before COVID when they've got the front three already in place. You're not going to spend such a big run on a player who might not even start games for you. Whereas um, United, they have got money to spend if they're trying to get Alex Sanchez off the wage bill. I think he's agreed to join Inter Milan. So all this comes into context of why they've got the finances. But whilst uh, there have been reports earlier this week, I think that they've agreed personal terms with Sancho, who for all intents and purposes has been quite keen to return to England. Um, they're yet to agree a fee with Dortmund. And it's an interesting one when all season we've been hearing Sancho wants to return to England, Dortmund wouldn't stand in his way. But Dortmund's still commanding that £100 million fee. Um, and I think even with the finances United have got, it's a big ask to spend that sort of figure on a player as Find out with um, Ferran Torres, who I'll get to in a second. So definitely want to keep an eye on with Sancho because uh, Dortmund have apparently put this deadline on it. They want it done on 10th of August uh, before pre-season, so they get no distractions. Um, what's interesting for me is we had all season these reports from Sancho saying, or not from Sancho saying, but we've had reports saying he wanted to come back to England. But they seem to have gone quiet since the restart. Mm-hmm. So it's whether he's changed his mindset a little either because he knew a deal was going to happen, so he didn't need to be so vocal about it, or because with COVID, he knew it was harder to complete a deal. Uh, he might have to stay put in Germany for another year if Dortmund don't lower that asking price, because it doesn't matter who you are, no one is spending that sort of figure. Um, as a comparison, I could say um, Neymar, Barcelona Chiefs have come out this week and said there's no way anyone can sign him in a COVID world, because you just can't justify spending that sort of figure that it demands. 
and it's going to be potentially the same for Jaden Sancho unless uh, United do stump up the cash. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Definitely, and you, you mentioned a player there that we're going to talk about there, Farron Torres. He, he, he's a city, let's face it, they spend all the money in the world, but they even this summer, they seem to be trying to set by players in the 20, 30, 40 million pound bracket rather than the, the 100 million pound bracket that Sancho would cost. And uh, Ferran Torres, the Valencia winger, is the first of those players through the door. Now, this one's caught me a little by surprise, not because the Man City have signed Ferran Torres. Uh, he's a player who's been linked with the, pretty much a whole host of clubs, including Liverpool, including City, for the past six months. But he, I'm pretty sure, had a like, 100 million pound plus release clause in his contract. And City have managed to sign him to like £20 million, which you think about it in the current market, could be a bargain. He's a 20-year-old. He's signed a five-year contract. And whilst he's not going to go straight into that City start on 11, it certainly makes their attacking numbers a bit stronger, doesn't it? Um, report I'm reading at the moment says he's been signed as a replacement for Leo Sane. Well, considering he was injured all season and City didn't have him available, it's just, it's not really a replacement, is it? It's just another no. attacking number yeah. for them. Yeah. And they're not bad on numbers anyway. When you think uh, Riyad Mahrez, Bernardo Silva, Raheem Sterling, just out wide, Gabriel Jesus can do it. And they all score goals. Um, Pep Guardiola, he does like rotating his players, but I think they've sort of getting to that stage now with Sterling, where like Liverpool, you can't justify dropping him. He's so good. He's such, he's in form most of the time. He is the danger man. Teams are scared of him. So it's not worth upsetting him potentially for rotating him in and out. And um, Ferran Torres is one of those. What, what game time does he get when he's settling into English football? It's 20, though, so time is on his side. You can imagine he'll jump ahead of Riyad, Riyad Mahrez in the pecking order fairly quickly. But then Mahrez had such a good season post-lockdown. Um, let's not complain, though, for Guardiola. I'm sure he's quite happy having this selection dilemma on his hands. But it's certainly an interesting one when Farron Torres has been one of these highly rated youngsters that we've heard all about for the past year with teams linking, being linked with him, showing so much interest. And he's one to keep an eye on in the Premier League for sure because he could be an exciting talent if he lives up to the hype. Most definitely, mate. We can't forget that Liverpool have got a very exciting young wing talent themselves, Harvey Elliott and... Paul Gorse kind of reminded supporters that in a really well-read piece on the Liverpool Echoes website that uh, went out yesterday afternoon and is still top of the the most read stories that we're doing at the moment. And he kind of placed it in the context of, okay, Liverpool certainly won't be rivaling Man United for the signing of Jadon Sancho. And that may be a disappointment to some supporters, but you've got to remember... Sancho had to go to Dortmund to then get his even bigger move, what looks an even bigger move, while Liverpool have actually got that potentially that player there in in, in Harvey Elliott and waiting to go. It's, a, it's an interesting piece, isn't it, Phil? Yeah, it is, and it's a very valid point from Gorski because Harvey Elliott, I think we're going to see a lot more of him this season. Um, he's, what, 17? Did you think coming to Liverpool, it was a chance for him to join his boyhood club and then settle in in that first season? He's made a couple of appearances Granted, he didn't get his Premier League winner's medal, but he's very much happy to be at Liverpool and wants to make it at the club. Uh, when we've seen him play, he looks very exciting. He stood out for the under-23s, and I think people forget how young he really is. It's like with Curtis Jones, he's still very young himself, but Liverpool have got these young attacking players who they are given opportunities to, and it's one where well, you could go and spend £100 million on one of the next step along. But why do that when you can bring in uh, Harvey Elliott, for example, for a fraction of the price? Like Liverpool, I don't think they've agreed to the fee from a tribunal with Fulham yet, 
but they played a record 8 million for Danny Ings a couple of years ago. So even if it's more than that, you're probably looking at, what, 10 million, which is a tenth of what Dortmund want for Sancho. And Sancho's, what, five years older? So you're getting Elliot for that much longer. He's bedding him into the Liverpool team. He's learning from Mohamed Salah. And I think he said um, earlier this week that he actually plays left-back quite a bit in training because he wants to go up against Salah so he can learn from him. And I think that's part of Liverpool's... Um, philosophy in the transfer market that they can get these players in young they can get them into the squad they can learn from the talent they've already got and then it could be a gradual replacement in the starting 11 Elliot's just happy to get his opportunities he's happy to play for Liverpool and he's not going to be knocking on the manager's door anytime soon saying why am I not starting when you've got Mohamed Salah but when he's so young you can think you feed him more and more game time and around the time he's ready to go into the team that's around the time Salah leaves potentially so what is another one with well, why spend 100 million on a player like Sancho, well, even if you're a big fan of him, when you've already got that ready-made replacement in the squad? And it's also important to remember with this is Liverpool play with inverted wingers unless Klopp changes philosophy, his philosophy. It's very important to get their setup because it's something they lose it something when they change it a bit. Mm-hmm. So for Liverpool, it's the fullbacks on the outside. We've seen how good they are for putting crosses in the box. It's the wingers cutting in. It's Bobby Firmino dropping deep. And Elliot, whilst we're not sure, we haven't seen if he's got the pace of Salah. He's that left-footed winger cutting in from the right. Uh, Sancho, for all intents and purposes, does most of his wing play on the right as a natural sort of role. I've not seen him too much on the left. Um, and then it's, well, Liverpool do need that replacement of Sadio Mane, but Mane misses very few games. He doesn't really get injured and he scores goals pretty much every week. Uh, yeah, I can see why Liverpool would be rather happy just saying, well, we've got Harvey Elliott here, um, when everyone's been excited seeing him this season, and I imagine we're going to see a lot more of him in the year ahead. I'm sure we are. Thanks very much, Theo, and thank you very much for listening wherever you are in the world. It's very much appreciated. I'll be back tomorrow with the final Morning Bulletin podcast of the week, but before then, I think it's around 4pm UK time today, we have an exclusive podcast as Paul Gorse speaks to Liverpool's rising star Curtis Jones, and just to remind to anyone, if no one's uh, listened to Theo's exclusive podcast with the uh, now former Liverpool goalkeeper Andy Lonergan, please check that out on the Blood Red Challenge. It was a great listen, mate. Did you enjoy doing that one? Yeah, it's one I've um, known a few years now from when I was working with him at Bolton. And it was interesting because the first time I interviewed him, it was <laughs> the the Bolton programme before they played Liverpool in that <laughs> FA Cup replay. So it's always coming full circle. Um, but he's always been a really down-to-earth guy. Um, and it was, I think, a surprise to see him join Liverpool. But just listening to him, speaking to him, you can tell how much he's enjoyed this season. And good luck to him in whatever he does next, because I think it's given him his hunger for football back and he's happy to walk away with his Premier League winner's medal. I'm sure he is, yeah. Definitely check that out. And I say check out Gorsty's chat with, with Curtis Jones, which is out later today. But until then, bye for now. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.